0: Today on Follow Friday, we're going to talk about the history of memes, Chinese food, beautiful art, Guy Fieri, happy dogs, and the cutest animal of them all, elephants. That's in a minute with Ben Brock Johnson and Amory Sievertson from Endless Thread. But first, today's show is brought to you by The Edit from Timber. The Edit connects podcasters with industry professionals who will listen to their work and give them constructive feedback. Check them out at followfriday.net slash Timber. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Hey. Everyone, make a way.
1: Friday. The show is a buffet.
0: I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. If this is your first episode of the show, please take a moment now and follow or subscribe in your podcast app. It's free, and you'll get fresh interviews with your favorite creators every week. Today on the show, we have Ben Brock Johnson and Amory Sievertson, the hosts of Endless Thread from WBUR in Boston. It's a podcast about the blurry line between the online world and the real world, and recently they've been releasing episodes about internet memes that you have to check out. Here's a clip from one of my favorites. Okay, okay, technically, yes, I did just rickroll you, but it's not just a bit. The Endless Thread episode about Never Gonna Give You Up is fabulous. You can find endless thread wherever you listen to podcasts. Ben and Amory, welcome to Follow Friday.
1: Oh man! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. It's it's um it's just it's Friday, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. Friday vibes. We are recording on Friday.
0: (laughs) Everyone's feeling good.
2: It's great. Oh yeah, that was very smart. We're in the zone.
0: I think we're in a golden era right now for internet culture podcasts, and you two were ahead of the curve. You launched Endless Thread in 2018. Talk about where the idea for the show originally
1: came from.
2: Ooh. Ben, you want to take this one?
1: I was lost in the desert, and I <laughs> wandered into a cave. <laughs> and inside the cave, there was a fiber optic... Um, internet connection connected to like an old apple laptop and i opened it up and it said you must make this show (laughs) and a week later i wandered out of the cave and said i've seen the i've seen the truth and the rest is history no that's not the true story amory you want (laughs) to tell the true story amory was actually around for the true story and i wasn't actually really around for the true story it wasn't that's true either of our ideas really um you know, we should say, but it, um, but we've we've settled in and it feels like home now. But Amory, sorry, Amory, do you want to tell the the true story?
2: Yeah, it was a former colleague of ours within the iLab, which is the the WBUR podcast team. I think there was there was another podcast called Kind World, stories of you know profound acts of kindness, and there was a story featured on that podcast that came from the online platform. Reddit. And this colleague said, wow, Reddit is actually a goldmine of material of all kinds. And what if we just reached out to them and see if they want to make a show? So I believe she cold tweeted Alexis Ohanian, the co-founder of Reddit. And Alexis put us in touch with um, the person who we ended up working with there the most, a, a cool guy named Michael Pope. And for the first three years, the show was a partnership with with Reddit, where we were finding incredible stories on the platform of all subject matters and reaching out to the people behind them and digging deeper into the subject matter. And it's just this year that we decided to make the show... um to consciously uncouple with Reddit through no animosity <laughs> or anything like that just realized we wanted to tell more stories across other platforms on the internet and so follow friday is a great example of how there's so much out there and and we felt like we had more work to do and um and that's where we are now where we are telling stories that that paint a broader picture of our online interactions and the communities that are formed and that sort of thing
0: Well, I love the series you're doing now about memes. I feel like there's so much unexpected depth to internet culture. Another example would be the episode you did about the meme of woman yelling at cat. And I've seen that picture a million times. And as someone who had never watched the Real Housewives shows where the woman yelling picture was taken from... I never processed the fact that, A, of course, this came from somewhere, and B, the fact that there would be such a harrowing story behind her yelling.
1: Same. You know, that's how most of us consume memes, right? Like there's this, and we talk about this a, a fair bit in the series, that there are so many different layers to it, and you can kind of come in at any layer, right? Like you can come in not knowing anything about the image that you're playing with, but if the image is, you know, a lot of times the image kind of speaks for itself, or at least it brings a vibe that as long as people put a caption on it that is understandable to you, you can enjoy it and you can pass it on. But then there are multiple layers to memes, and you can also be like a huge real high, real housewives of Beverly Hills fan like and ben. actually understand, like have, like me, and you can have seen the original episode. So it's really interesting how, how memes, can, like, they have this potential for incredibly rich communication of information. It, like, I didn't know where it came from either eric actually i just i had no idea and so digging into that story was really interesting for me as well because i knew i i knew of you know i i mean i knew taylor because my wife and i watch that show sometimes i should just say it that way but i didn't know the trauma that it came from right and and learning that through working on the episode with amory was really uh interesting and fascinating and also kind of disconcerting too
2: and that also really captures what you were saying about the blurred lines between the online world and the real world, because there are some memes that are born of stock images where, yes, there are real people featured behind them, but you're not, you're not seeing them in a real, genuine moment. And so it is really hard looking at anything online and knowing, is this real? Is this manufactured? Was this person paid to do this? Was this just a screenshot grabbed of them? So, I'm glad that we get to explore some of that through this series.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, the name of the show is Endless Thread, and we are talking to the hosts, Amory marie and Ben Brock Johnson. But now let's find out who they follow online. You can follow along with us today. Every person they recommend will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Follow Friday. Ben and Emery. Before the show, I gave you a list of categories and I asked you to tell me about four people you follow who fit in those categories. Ben, we're going to start with you. Your first pick is an expert in a very specific niche that you love. And you said Lee Zichi, who is on YouTube at C N L I Z I Q I. This is a huge YouTube channel, but I'd never heard of it. Explain what Lee Zichi does
1: on her YouTube. I don't know that much about this person, um, she appears to live with her mom in Western China, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And she has, I mean, she's got a legit following, you know, like she's got 16 and a half million subscribers. She makes the most beautiful and like almost just mind numbingly, um, like uh what's the word i'm looking for like she makes these videos where she's like she's making soup but it takes like like it looks like it takes 6 months for her to make the soup and she's like <laughs> planting the ingredients that will eventually be in the soup then she's like watering that she's like or she's like building the garden that she's going to plant the ingredients that she's going to eventually put into the soup. And then she's like building the tools that she will use to harvest the garden. And then she, you know, it's like, it's crazy how involved she gets in creating these like incredible looking traditional uh, Chinese meals. And I, it's I like, I, it's really hard to describe, but her, her videos are like, you know, they're like 20 minutes long, and they often will stretch over like a, it 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 just looks like at least they'll stretch over like a month's long period and it's interesting because so like i guess like i've wondered sometimes if she is like straight up just straight up propaganda like chinese propaganda because it's very bucolic it's very you know um pastoral it's Like, these videos make you want to be in China. To At least, they make me want to be in China. Same. And it's it's just hard to describe how beautiful they are. They're, like, incredibly beautiful. Well, I think what you're
0: getting at is that they are cinematic, is the thing. So, if you watch them, it's not just, like, food porn or something. It's not just that the end result is beautiful. But every single step of the process, there's these deliberate... Artistic choices being made along the way of how to frame something, how to light something, how to show the weather or smoke or whatever. And I guess neither of us really knows. But I was wondering, does she have a professional film crew or something working with her here? Because this is a professional level production.
1: Yes. And well, so here's what's interesting. This is what little I do know from Googling around and reading some Reddit threads. She started out just, I think by herself effectively making these videos. And then over time, she of course got a ton of subscribers and she got noticed and, and, and stuff. She also seems to her mom, I think it's her mother appears in a bunch of the videos. I suppose it could be her grandmother. I'm not sure, but there's an older woman who appears in a lot of the videos and she's conversing with this woman and, and feeding this woman. And, and it's, it's, it's sort of weird too, right? Cuz she lives on this like in in on this like beautiful farm and you it's, it sort of looks like it's just her and her mom there, but it's clearly not. But she so she started out by herself supposedly, and then she got noticed by a a person who I think is from Japan who manages talent, who manages YouTube talent, and that person eventually said, like, okay, you need, like, a real camera crew with you. Like, we need to, like, set you up, blah, 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 blah. And so now it's a much more sort of professionalized outfit that is creating the videos. But there have also been these kind of weird conspiracy theories around her where she went dark for a little while. Her channel went dark for a little while and and then came back. And there's not a lot known, at least as near as I can tell, about like what happened there. And then there's a lot of speculation. So that like people, some people think that, you know, it was just this kind of transition between her making her own videos, which were, I think, as near as people can tell, are also, like, incredibly beautiful, but probably just took a much longer to put together. And the videos that she makes with a professional, you know, w- with a crew behind her. So maybe they were just kind of, like, retooling or whatever. But people also think that she might have gotten popular enough that the Chinese government basically was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What is your messaging? and and then she kind of she they whatever she has some you know they they basically stopped her from producing content and then somehow she's come to an agreement with the government and now she's producing it producing it again
0: i'm a little bit wary about speculating about that but i see where you're coming from and all i know is the videos are gorgeous
1: yeah they're amazing and i want to know all the background like don't you want to know like i want to know what like it has to be that she's sanctioned
0: Oh, I would assume she has to be at least sanctioned, but my feeling is that as long as there's not overt political messages, I'm okay with that. I mean, everyone does this sort of soft power stuff, and I'm kind of supportive of it as far as a benign form of cultural soft power. Like, if you want to release cinematic 20-minute videos showing me how beautiful agriculture in China is, sure, go for it you know
1: 100 <laughs> percent, i'm in i'm in and it's working i like i said i want to be where she i want to go to there as liz lemon likes to say i want to go to there oh me
0: too me too well that was lizy chi who is on youtube at C N L I Z I Q I. it's Final friday amory let's move on to your first follow I asked you to tell me about someone who inspires you, and you said hashtag women's art, which is on Twitter at women's one, the number one. This is a pretty self-explanatory account showcasing all kinds of art, all made by women. And it's curated by the writer and art historian P.L. Henderson. So, Emery, talk about why hashtag women's art inspires you.
2: Well, I just it's like this little dose of you know when you're scrolling through Twitter and there's all kinds of content on there, from you know animal pictures to politics to horrible breaking news. It's just nice to be interrupted it It interrupts the flow of unpredictability with predictable beauty in surprising places um or even in unpredictable places or in unpredictable mediums like there was one this morning, this is a, a Japanese artist, a New York City based, uh, Kumi Yamashita, who makes portraits by wrapping a single thread around nails, presumably like nails in a board. And I don't know if you pull this up. This is from earlier today, I'm looking today at being it's Friday awesome. the twelfth. Yeah. Right? So you look at this picture of a of you know, presumably a Japanese woman, although the artist is Japanese, so I'm making an assumption there. And you have no idea what you're looking at per se until you read this description, and then you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> how, <laughs> how? How does anyone do that? I think so often I am You know, I make podcasts. I'm a musician. I know how to do what I know how to do. But there are so many films I see or works of art that I see that just leave me in the truest form, the truest definition of the word awe, where I, I just am, my jaw drops and I just say, how, how does anyone do that? How do you, where did the idea come from? Where did this, you know, not only where did the art come from, but where did they, where did they get the idea to do this in the first place? And I think women's art is just perfect for that reason. You're seeing you're seeing paintings, but you're also, they feature tattoo artists, they feature photographers, they feature dancers, and then they feature art that you didn't know existed, like wrapping a thread around nails to form a portrait. So it just kind of interrupts the flow of whatever you might be scrolling through and it's proof that not all twitter scrolling is doom scrolling because it it just kind of says hey <laughs> take stop, a break look at this amazing artwork yeah take a break look at something beautiful and um and also women from th- throughout the the centuries and and decades to remind you that you know, there was a time when, when women artists were not celebrated and were not recognized. And, and maybe these people's work is not surfacing until after their death. And so by featuring all these mediums and all of these women from around the world, yeah, it just kind of snaps you out of whatever you're doing and says, hey, there there is beauty and there is awe and pay attention to that because i've i most of the artists actually i could probably say all of the artists that have that are featured on women's art uh this probably says more about me than about anything else but i i've typically never heard of any of them yeah and my day is better having seen whatever this account posts and so I think I've posted whenever there are the kind of like follow Friday posts going around. I think that I have shared this account before, too. And and I'm glad to see that it's well. I had no no idea how many followers the account had. It has hundreds of thousands, which I'm thrilled about. I'm so glad. Um, Yeah, me too. So it's not like I'm bringing recommendations that are, you know, like underground. But um, hey, (laughs) if you don't currently follow this, like... Please do. Your day will be better, and you'll see things that you you won't find featured elsewhere. Um,
1: you sold me. I'm fo- I followed. I just followed while we were talking. I'm in. Yeah, it's it's
2: <laughs> it's incredible. Highly recommend to anyone and everyone.
0: Yeah, and I think this really speaks to something the internet has done for a lot of stuff that used to be reserved only for the the privileged and the elite. It really makes art so much more accessible, approachable, where you don't need to have been to an art school. You don't need to have been to a fancy college. You can just follow an account like this and give yourself this like introductory education in the sheer diversity of artwork that's out there. And I really love what the curator, uh, P.L. Henderson is doing here just because It's such an approachable way of introducing people to stuff they've probably never seen before, as you were saying, artists that you've never heard of before.
2: Yeah. And think about art museums and how, you know, those are cultural institutions that have to stay afloat and have to charge a certain amount for admission in order to do that. And you might see a whole exhibit of one person's work and women's art. The account is like an art exhibit exhibit full of just one-offs, you know, just like here's one piece and you can go find a lot more of this person's work. But in the meantime, like just scroll through our little museum that's going to introduce you to people you've never heard of before and people who might never have their own exhibit somewhere.
1: I think another thing that's interesting is like finding stuff that speaks to you. And like so much art is very subjective in the way that you consume it, right? And and even though like some of it's supposed to be good and some of it's supposed to be not good, like at the same time, like doesn't really matter what matters is how you consume it as a person who's like you know coming into contact with the art and i think that so much of i don't know anything about art history really and so like for me when i consume art i just like i love a situation like this where i can just i can just respond to things that i like and learn about them you know whereas like Instead of being sort of told, I mean, I, it is, of course, it's curation and I'm being told that this is good, right? But like, this is a bunch of different kinds of things and I can consume them as an ignorant person and still kind of like figure out what I like and, and kind of lean towards that in a way that like, I don't feel the same way necessarily at an art museum, if that makes sense. Like that feels so much more curated. Whereas this, I can scroll through it and be like, uh, don't care, don't care, don't care. Ooh, this, this one with like the maze and the woman's brain being part of the maze and like this, like, whoa, this is awesome. And then I can lean towards that. I think that's cool.
0: So Amory, you said this account inspires you and you mentioned that you're a musician as well as a radio journalist. Does this inspire you to make visual art or to try something like this?
2: No, I am not capable of making visual art. <laughs> oh come on! I'm sure you can make <laughs> but, something really but cool. But I'd say, um, I'd say that this, you know, this is a reminder that I mean, I have I have made music based on visual art before, but I I can't personally make visual art myself. But I think this is a reminder that people can do anything. I mean, people are the internet can both be a dumpster fire and it can be the thing that like absolutely changes your life and I don't need to make visual art I just need to look at it and that's kind of my my daily reminder that we're capable of doing a lot I'm not being articulate at all but no, you know I what it. I mean it's just <laughs> it, it it really breaks my brain what people are capable of and It makes you, if not, you know, it doesn't inspire me to make visual art. It inspires me to want to make more of the art that I'm capable of making and to make it as true to myself as possible in hopes that, you know, someone will appreciate it for whatever it is the same way that I appreciate a lot of what I see on this account.
0: Exact same here. So if you want to add inspiration to whatever you're doing in life, you should follow hashtag women's art, which is on Twitter at women's art one. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Amory Sievertson and Ben Brock-Johnson from Endless Thread. Today's show is brought to you by Ransom Notes, the party game of hilariously terrible sentences. Players use word magnets to respond to outlandish prompts, such as, Tell someone you've clogged their toilet at a party. You can learn to play in under one minute, and even the shyest players will be creating laugh-out-loud word magnet responses right away. I've been playing this game recently, and it is so much fun. You can get 10% off your copy of Ransom Notes when you go to ransomnotesgame.com and use the promo code FOLLOWFRIDAY, all one word. That's ransomnotesgame.com, and don't forget to use the promo code FOLLOWFRIDAY for 10% off. Today's show is also brought to you by The Edit from Timber. If you have a podcast, then that's amazing. You should be proud of what you've made. But that doesn't mean you can't make it better. The Edit from Timber will help. For only $20 a month, you'll get constructive feedback on your podcast from industry professionals like Sky Pillsbury, Jenna Spinell, Shruti Ravindran, and me, Eric Johnson. Sign up today at followfridaynet slash Timber. That's followfriday.net slash T-I-M-B-E-R. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Ben, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone you have a non-romantic crush on, and you said Kenyatta Cheese, who is on Twitter at Kenyatta, K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A. Kenyatta is the CEO of a digital agency called EA1, which I think is short for everybody at once, but he's best known as the founder of a site that anyone who cares about internet culture has probably been to at some point. Do you want to talk about what that site
1: is? Know your meme, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Kenyatta, like, I, I, you know, I'll admit that I don't. His social, his like online social presence is like not super heavy, Mm -hmm. but, but I guess this is just a person that I've discovered through the work that we've done on our meme series and Kenyatta Cheese is such, he just, so we talked to him for one of our episodes that's about the Gregory brothers, these guys who have, you know, made a lot of money and, and, and created these, uh, sort of unintentional singer uh, videos, um, auto tune, the news, things like that, the news, this stuff. And, and it's a complicated story because, you know, the Gregory brothers who have made all this money doing this stuff are of course, super talented. And, 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 um, and, you know, and, um, you know, we had a, a good conversation with them, but at the same time, their work is really drafting off of, um, statements made by people of color and they are taking these statements that are often made on, uh, you know, on, um, evening news, uh, reporting and, and they're often, you know, or at least sometimes they're, they're in situations that are, that are not great. Um, and they're making these folks into, into singers without really asking for consent before they do that. Right. Mm Um, and so it was a really interesting story for us to dig into, and and shout out to uh, endless thread producer Dean Russell, who really went after this, and Amory also, who came up with the the idea of covering this. But Kenyatta Cheese is, you know, himself a person of color, and he just was so wonderful to interview and 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 talk to about this very issue. Like he's super thoughtful about it. And really, really just gave us so much of a better understanding of the role that we all play when we consume content online and, and what that means. And he, um, I think, I think he said at one point, he says, um, that memes are the final boss level of appropriation. Huh. Which, you know, is super interesting to think about. And, 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 um, anyway, he, he was a wonderful interview for us, but also, He's just a great guy we've talked to him uh, now he he came and um participated in uh, in our event uh, that we did to kick off our series and he's just so thoughtful he's like he's very aware of all of the bad things that the internet has created and yet he's still I think very optimistic about fixing things right um and I just that's, that's like a to me, that's like such a wonderful thing when you meet someone like that. Cause like, I feel that way too. You know, like I, I, you know, I'm a huge consumer, you know, we're all increasingly living online and, and consuming, consuming the online world. And, and I, um, and I think a lot of times, as Amory was saying earlier, you look around and it's a dumpster fire, right? But then like you find these bright spots and. And I think it's really nice when you meet somebody who's very tech savvy and tech oriented and has actually had a palpable impact on the Internet and Internet culture as we know it, who is also like so thoughtful about trying to fix some of these problems and um, has a real deep understanding of the problems and how they impact people like himself and has a lot of interesting and, and powerful things to say about it. So. Kenyatta cheese, follow, follow what he does. He's um, he's wonderful.
0: This is why it drives me nuts when people are talking about, like, are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? As if those are the only two options, yes. right? Because the optimist is saying things are going to work out. The pessimist is saying, no, they won't work out. But then you have people like Kenyatta, who seems to be a pragmatist, who's saying, hey, there are problems, but we can do something about it. There are yes. choices to be made. There are people to be led stuff to be created i mean that's my philosophy on a lot of this stuff too i had not heard of kenyatta cheese i'd obviously heard of know your meme and of rocket boom which is where know your meme started side note i had completely forgotten about rocket boom i used to be obsessed with them in the mid 2000s but anyway i'm so glad that there are people like him who are finding ways to as you say bring bright spots to the internet
1: yeah that's a good you've got a good philosophy on this too clearly
0: Okay, well, since we are talking about Know Your Meme, let me get both of your favorite internet memes. Ben, you first. What's your favorite meme?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> no pressure.
2: <sighs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, this is... I'm thrilled that you went to Ben first while well, I uh, quickly rack my you're brain. You're welcome. Like, so, what so this is... Oh, I say?
1: God. You're killing me, Eric. But I... But, okay, I'm in. I'm in. So, best like... Thought, best thought. Okay, here's the thing. This is one that I don't even know the origin of it. I need to look it up on Know Your Meme, co-founded by Kenyatta Cheese. <laughs> Please, my son, he is very sick. Do you know this? Uh I think so. Like, I don't even really know what this is or where it comes from. I think it may come from Guy Fieri. Okay. <laughs> Um, and like s- some image of him, like carrying a hot dog. I, I, I don't, I don't know the origin of this phrase.
0: Okay. I've got it here on. No, okay, you, you know, let me read this right. quote, please. My wife, she's very sick, refers to a phrasal template that is generally matched by an image of the subject cradling another in their arms. Yes. The template most commonly used follows the phrase, please, my ex, they're very sick. With slight variations, it started with a picture of a raccoon standing upright and cradling a cat in its arms. And I guess the Guy Fieri version is, um, oh, here it is. It's Guy Fieri holding a gigantic hot dog. And it says, please, my son, he's very sick.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and just the idea that like Guy Fury is related to a giant hot dog somehow it just feels right. But oh, I saw man. one recently and it was like, this is how I discovered this. The way into this meme for me was, it was like a digger. It was like a, it was like a, um, backhoe, like a, uh-huh. you know, it was a, a piece of John, a large piece of John Deere equipment, right. C- carrying the exact same piece of equipment, equipment that was like much smaller. <laughs> and it was like parked, it was like, dr- like on a street and it just said, please, my son, he is very sick. And for some reason, I, mm-hmm. yeah, oh I just, gosh. for some reason that just tickles me and the, you know, it's just like go face, you know, it's just, there's something about it that is hilarious. To me that's all
0: all right emory you're up. What's your favorite meme?
2: Mm, you'd think I would have thought of one by now <laughs> well i can't I'm trying to remember what the actual because this was a um <laughs> Okay. I, I don't know if this is actually a meme, but it's <laughs> it's been stuck in my head ever since. And I think it's been memeified or I've seen one application of it. I'm I'm getting into TikTok memes, which maybe are not a unique brand of meme, but I'm I'm liking what people are doing with audio and taking an audio track and putting a different visual to the audio track so that the audio means something slightly different. And the one example that I can think of was this um, it was like a dog. I don't know what this dog was doing, but this dog was like it was like tapping its back foot <laughs> very rhythmically. And so this guy, the original video is he's he's filming his dog doing this like rhythmic tapping and he's singing along to it like I'm a hap, hap, happy happy I've seen this guy. yeah. I'm a happy 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 guy. <laughs>
0: That's a good impression.
2: Well, I do it all the time around. <laughs> you can just ask my husband. I do it about everything. <laughs> and someone took that audio and then set a different video to it uh, about a different happy guy of a sort. A
0: happy, happy guy. Oh, just a happy, happy, happy guy. Oh,
2: just
1: a look at
0: that a happy. Oh, the happy dog. Oh, just the
2: happy. I just love that. I think that stuff is so clever. I love when the internet makes me go like people are so funny. Where do they get this stuff? Where do they where do they come up with this stuff? And and what I also love about it is that this is like I do stuff like that all the time around the house. I make up little songs. I do I do ridiculous stuff. And TikTok is where a lot of those things are finding a home. And then other people are finding a new home for those things by repurposing it. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I will say generally I'm really into audio memes right now where people take audio and, and put it in a new context with a new visual.
0: I love both of those. And that was Kenyatta Cheese, who is on Twitter at Kenyatta. We have time for one more follow today. Emery, I asked you for someone you've followed forever, and you said the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, which is on Instagram and Twitter at Sheldrick Trust. This is also one of my personal favorite accounts to follow, so you must have very good taste. Thank you. Talk about what the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust does.
2: The Sheldrick Wildlife Trust is an animal... um, it's, It's kind of... It's an animal orphanage sanctuary sort of an organization, primarily focused on elephants, but I think they also do some work with giraffes, they do some work with rhinos. Um, and this both represents my very deep love of elephants. And um, and I sponsor an elephant through them. I uh-huh. have an elephant son named named Ambo. Um, and it also it's kind of like a backup plan in life <laughs> that if everything goes to shit, I will flee to Nairobi, where I believe their main elephant orphanage is or sanctuary is. And we'll just say, please teach me everything I need to know about caring for elephants. And I'll just want to do that because i think they're incredible creatures and and these elephants they because they're just the best species in the world they come back to when they rescue an orphan typically a typically they're they're finding babies whose mothers have been poached or whose parents have been mm-hmm. poached but you know elephants of all ages but the caretakers who raise these elephants even when the elephants are old enough and well enough to be released from the sanctuary back into the wild, they will come back and visit their caretakers, their human caretakers like every year because they remember them and they want to pay them a visit. And I just, that's beautiful, man. Man, You make me cry. (laughs) I, I, I truly like elephants. There was, you know, I remember it was a, I was preparing for a big work thing. This was maybe five or six years ago. And I was so stressed out. And I came across, I don't even know how I first came across the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, but I came across a post of theirs. And it was like one of their most recent rescues. And I watched this video of this elephant rescue. And I burst into tears. (sighs) And I went on their site right away. And that's when I became... A supporter and it really just put a lot of things into perspective that's not to say that I wasn't still stressed out about work but it just put things into perspective a little bit that um that you know there are other there are other creatures out there going through rougher things and uh and yeah it totally cheered me up and turned me around that particular evening and I've been following ever since and again it's just like a nice break in the timeline break in the feed Mm -hmm. um To when uh, there's no time that I do not want to see an elephant. I always want to see an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so yeah, I think it's good to follow. I think it's, it's good to support. And yeah, if I have introduced just one person today to the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, I'll be happy.
0: Every follower counts. Yeah, so I follow a lot of animal accounts, like a lot of cute animals of different kinds. And before anyone asks, yes, elephants are the cutest animal. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) But I will say that some of the accounts are a little bit suspicious, a little icky, because it's like, oh, wow, it's this adorable video of 20 identical puppies. And then you start to think, wait, you have 20 identical puppies. Are you a breeder? Are you a good breeder? And so it really feels good to follow an account like Sheldrick, where I know that these videos are in service of a good cause. I feel morally in the clear when I'm watching these videos.
2: Yeah. You know, if you want to support the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, they will, you get a, um, Uh, I don't know if this still happens because I admit I haven't I haven't looked at mine recently, but you get like a watercolor painting of your elephant once a month. (laughs) So someday I hope to meet Ambo. But in the meantime, I have I have watercolors galore of him.
0: Well, you mentioned your deep abiding love for elephants. Does that come from a specific thing you watched when you were a kid or is there some other experience that led you to feel that way? Do you know where that started?
1: Dumbo. I think she, when she saw oh, Dumbo.
2: No, that movie is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't watch Dumbo. Um, I don't Very know sad. where elephants specifically, where the love of elephants specifically came from.
1: Elephant ballerinas in um, Fantasia. No, those, those Fantasia. are hippos. Those are hippos mm. in Fantasia. No, they're hippos. Good no, call. Hippos. My You're bad. Right. My in bad.
2: Tutus. <laughs> I really, it's a good question. You know what? I'll have to, I'll have to. Um, ask the the sieverts and brain trust i'll have to ask my parents to to know if there was a moment for me but i've had i've gone through phases like that with different with different creatures throughout my life and um they're giant herbivores who look like they came from a, some prehistoric time and so i'm just i'm in awe of them i guess i don't know they look they look like they can't they can't quite be real but they're real and like, if elephants exist and are real, then more things are possible than you maybe thought were possible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that was the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, which is on Instagram and Twitter at Sheldrick Trust. Ben and Amory, thank you for sharing all these follows with us today. Before we go, let's make sure listeners know how to find both of you online. Amory, you go first. Where should people go if they want to follow you?
2: I think I'm at Amory Music everywhere. So that's A-M-O-R why i had to think about how to spell my name for a second there it's a-m-o-r-y music all one word at amory music on instagram twitter facebook yeah maybe tiktok no i think i think not i have no content on tiktok you don't need to follow me there yet so amory music
0: and ben where should people follow you online
1: Oh man, I really like to come up with something really funny to say right now, but I, um, it's Friday, you know? So I'll just say. <laughs> and you um, want people to
2: actually follow you, right?
1: I know. No, I do. I do. I just was like, I was like going to say, like, you know, 42069 Husky Bro
0: at, <laughs> at AOL.com.
1: Yeah, at AOL.com, at AIM. Um, no, uh, it's the Brock Johnson, as in Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but the. <laughs> rock Johnson and you can find me there on uh Instagram if I let you follow me and uh and Twitter where you anyone can follow and um yeah I f- I'm team follow back so <laughs> hit me up
0: and you can find Ben and Emory's podcast endless thread at wbur.org endless thread or just search for endless thread in your podcast app You can follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to this show, Follow Friday, in your podcast app if you have done already. If you like this episode, then don't miss the past episodes with Garbage Day's Brian Broderick or ICYMI hosts Rachel Hampton and Madison Malone Kircher. Our theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodi Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs, And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday.